0: All right, ladies and gentlemen, and we are live. What is Gucci Manucci's? Welcome to the Half Core Podcast. I am Darwin. I got A.V. behind the camera as usual. And before we get this podcast episode started, I want to let y'all know that the merch is going to be coming out pretty soon. So stay on the lookout for that. That's just going to be pretty much to support the podcast. That way we can upgrade our equipment. Eventually we want to have a couple of mics. You know, invite multiple guests at the same time. Um, we The feedback on the podcast has been amazing, overwhelming, and we are very thankful for that. Um, but without further ado, let's get this episode started. We have a very special guest today. We have Christian Soto. So Christian Soto, kind of take it over and tell us what you do and let's just kind of go from there, man.
1: All right. Well, uh, I'm a registered nurse for an ICU uh, for one of the bigger health systems here in Oklahoma. Uh, essentially, I take care of patients day to day. Sometimes I get floated. It's not often, but sometimes you know I end up in the ER or some other unit, and yeah, I take care of patients. What uh,
0: What hospital do you work for? Uh, OU Medical. OU Medical. Okay, so that's like uh, that's the state, the state hospital. Um, how long have you been doing this?
1: Uh, my very first job in healthcare was in two thousand eight. It was actually for uh, Norman Regional, and I worked there as a perioperative assistant. I've kind of fluctuated in and out uh, for school reasons. Um, but eventually I got back to got my uh, work through the system. I got my CNA, then I got an AUA, then I got an LPN, then I got my RN. So that's where I'm at now.
0: And how, uh, how much, uh, is it like four years that you had to put in to get your title?
1: Even, even if you were to do an associates, uh, you got to get the prereqs done, take you the first two years, and then you're going to get into a program, and that's another two years right there. So any, anybody with an RN probably got about four years that they put into college.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. And where did you go to school for this?
1: O triple C, and then I got some of my credits at OU uh, down down in Norman.
0: Okay, nice. So, did you pay out um, out of
1: pocket or you had like uh, yeah, yeah, out of pocket. So a fucking grinder. Oh,
0: yeah. out of pocket.
1: The
2: Mexican.
0: Damn. Uh, from
2: Mexico. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, but hey, like at the end of the day, bro, like it's, it. there's no excuse. You know what I'm saying? There's no excuse. You like that's what I fucking admire of, you know, our Hispanic people. You know, they put the work in no matter what. You know, business owners, rather it's going to school to get a profession, get your diploma and shit. So that's something I respect. And man, it's it's been it's been crazy. So uh, kind of talk to us about like the experience as far as the hospital. Cause I'm pretty sure it, it gets hectic at times, man,
1: man. I worked in a lot of places and it, yeah, it can be hectic just like anywhere else. Uh, you know, prior to the hospital, I was a charge nurse over the county jail downtown. Oh shit. That's uh 1700 inmates at least. Uh, so
0: your job was to take care of them as far as making oh, sure they're good.
1: So I was in charge of other nurses and, um, assistants, and yeah, make sure that everybody in there was safe, as safe as I could get them, you know, sometimes There'd be individuals that would refuse to take their insulin or something. And, you know, that became an issue. And, you know, a jail's not the safest place, but we try to make it, as healthcare professionals, we try to make it as safe as possible. So I worked with uh, uh, Dr. King there and uh, two nurse practitioners. We had a a psychologist, psychiatrist, and, you know, we did what we could. I was there for about a year, um, and I worked my way through. I started at the front, just, like, checking people in. And then going and asking them their questions. And eventually, I was on the floor giving meds, insulin, whatever. But then I became charged. And eventually, I was like, okay, you know, I did what I could here. This is about as good as I can get the program. It's time for me to move on and get some new skills. And then uh, I went to OU, back to OU, I guess, really, because I'd worked at OU prior as an assistant. And I was there for about two and a half years. Coming back to OU, uh, I got interviewed in Edmond. And so... I got lucky. They gave me me the job over some other people. And kind of, like they say, like the rest of history.
0: <laughs> yeah, it kind of took off from there. Um You also mentioned, uh before we started the podcast, you that you worked at the ER. Right. So uh a lot of times the ER is short. Is it, is, is it like hectic in there? Because it's like the, all you get is just all kinds of crazy shit. I mean, you, you get a mixed variety and you never know. Day to day, it could be...
1: You know, it could be a fractured arm that we reduce and we have to sedate someone there, some conscious sedation. Or other times, um, it could be a COVID possibility where, you know, now there's so many steps that you have to take. You have to actually get, pair with somebody, like set up the, the what you're going to do, have them outside the room ready to go, get the test done, bring it out. It's like bag, 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 and then... Finally, put in a bag out on the person waiting for you outside the room, and then you know, of course you're gonna disinfect everything, and then even then trans- you gotta immediately transport it over to the lab, and unfortunately, where I'm at, uh, they'll still they're gonna send the test off because it, it's a send off, and then that's five to seven days before we get a result. Mm. In the meantime, this person could have came in with respirator- respiratory distress or what have you, and so we just gotta take care of them. And it's actually changed a little bit uh, when this all kind of started going. Policy was like, okay, it's going to be one nurse to one COVID patient. And they got to be in the ICU. As things changed and as uh, staffing got a little bit more difficult, now they're like, okay, they don't have to go to the ICU. They can go to search. They, they don't have like crazy symptoms.
0: Um, this is what, what for Corona? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so... When it comes to working at a hospital, I know it's hectic. Uh, how do you prepare yourself mentally? And does this does it get to you as far as like? Because it's a depressed place, man. Being in the hospital is depressed as shit. Like I feel like it's just yeah, you know. Dude, so dude. like, Salute. how do you? Salute to you, bro. Yeah. So how do you get like over it? What do you? What do you? I don't know. Like what is I mean, the vibe?
1: You know, with like with any job, you you got some coping you got to be doing. Uh, you can't just hold on to it. But uh, everyone copes in their own way. You know, some people play video games, some people drink. I mean, it's. But for me, uh, I know I'm doing what I love. That's the first thing I I think about. And uh, regardless of patient, I'm I'm do my best. I think like, it's like, what if this was my family member? Would I be willing to put my scrubs on, and do this for them? And so, when I look back, I think I did the best I could for that person with my skill set at that time. Um, And and that that consoles me some Because it's You're not going to be able to save everybody And there's going to be people that pass away And yeah You know it sucks It does suck But you do get used to it And the first instance of it was uh, You know nothing specific I'm not giving away a specific patient But I was 18 And it was in surgery And so person passes Uh the whole surgery team, doctors, nurses, everybody, are y'all still going to that party this Saturday? Unrelated, completely. I, I was kind of taken back. I was eighteen. You know, and I just got out of school. I, I know what to think about. Like you guys are so you know, treating this like it's nothing.
0: But I mean, I'm pretty sure they. because the, they get it on a daily where it's like. Well, we got I to mean. the
1: locker room, and the best advice I got from one of the scrub techs was, "You get desensitized. You you do build like a wall where you're like." Okay, like that—that that happened. Sucks, but we gotta take care of someone else too. We can't let that. We can't let that affect the next patient we're gonna take care of, or the other patient in the room. You know, I've I've been in situations, especially in the ICU. Um, you get first ICU, ER, kind of two different personalities. To what work is uh, what is the ICU? So intensive care unit. That that's as that's as sick as you're gonna get. They're gonna do the best job. Oh. Because they have more resources, too. Uh, everyone does a good job across hospital. I don't, wanna, I don't want there to be an impression that other departments don't do a very good job. It's just uh, the ER is there to stabilize you and get you to the right specialist. Their specialty is take care of them, stabilize them first 15 minutes, figure out what's going on, get them to where they need to be. But if you come to the ICU, man, you are, you're on that store or you might be headed there. So when you, you know, in the ICU, you only have two patients, maybe, maybe three. If you get triple, I mean, think crazy things happen. Uh, people come out of surgery, things happen and you got to just roll with life to make sure you do the best patient care. Uh, so with those ratios, you might have one patient in one room. They might be hemorrhaging. You might be giving blood. You could be on your third unit that night and you have another patient over here. Maybe they're getting a lot better now. They're maybe they're, you're about to move them back up to Mentor's. You still got to walk in there with a smile and be like, hey, you know, what could I get you? Doing all right? How's your pain? Because at the end of the day, you you, know, you still got to address those issues. You can't just go, well, I got a really sick patient. I got no time for you. You go, I, I'm going to do what I can for you. And I'm still going to keep my mind on, hey, here in a minute, I'm going to check those labs and make sure that potassium is not too crazy, mm-hmm. heart's acting right, I'm looking at my EKGs. We got Luckily, we got a monitor tech. If anything looks abnormal, just kinda at a glance, should will be like, Hey, can you come look at this? You know, this there's a change. And then at that point we print it off, look at it, caliper it, call the doctor, call the provider, hospitalist, PA, NP, and uh, then they you know, they'll do their stuff and you know, we'll adjust treatment accordingly.
0: So with this uh epi- you know, pandemic, um, should we be panicking the way we are?
1: I, I don't wanna panicking, no. Never panic. It's it's a mindset too. I think works really good in the ICU. Even if things are going crazy, even if you know for a fact things aren't right, you got to keep a straight face and you got to th- keep things calm because it, the way I, I was told by my preceptor, I mean smart guy, he was like, uh, slow is smooth and smooth is fast. And essentially, what that means is. You gotta slow down, think about what you're doing. If you do it right, it's gonna be nice and smooth. You're gonna get it all done the first time right. And that's fast because you're being productive. If you're racing around, trying to get different things done at once and you don't get any of them completed, that's not fast. You just made it longer because you ain't got nothing done. So in the ICU, I've had situations, even when I was coming off orientation and something happens something happens the minute I walked in the door clocked in got, and was told who my patient was and I went in there I look at it okay this doesn't look good but hey we're gonna take care of it I'm not gonna let the patient know I'm freaking out I'm not freaking out but even internally I know something's you know wrong up. yeah even if even if I wanted to like Dang. I wouldn't so I'm like alright this ain't good but I'm not gonna tell it like oh we'll get this fixed I'm like we'll you know we'll figure this out and if I don't So I go through my stuff. I I got knowledge from school experience, and I got supervisors that have been doing it for 20-plus years. You know, I ask some questions. I get some stuff. They're not going to pass out right away. You know, things happen gradually. And, you know, I get other specialists involved, respiratory therapists, which, I mean, really, hats off to them right now. Uh, And then if we can't all figure it out, then, you know, we call a doctor. We call a a hospitalist. We call... Whoever's on that night, to take care of that patient. Then they come in, and they usually will always get that figured out pretty good after that. And then we're smooth sailing the rest of the day. Okay. So with the public, I think let's take this one day at a time. There will be some changes, probably some things we won't like. But we need to do it calmly because we just go out and start hoarding things. Tosh. Uh, take in from, you know, there's not going to be... We're not going to do our best job at containing this thing. Yeah. And so the best thing is to evenly sp- spread out our resources where we need them to be, use them as best as we can, and slow this thing down. You know, get it. You know, hopefully we we ain't got there. We're not where it's and yeah, we it is at.
0: Yeah. You just got to be mindful because, like, um, everybody's panicking. You know, I went to do some groceries today, and um, everything was pretty much... There wasn't anything on on the shelves, but then like you can see it in people's faces, like they're panicking. Mm-hmm. You know, they look all scared and stuff. So um, my mm-hmm. thing is like, it. Some people like to overbuy because they're panicking. They're you know they're scared and shit. But what en- what ends up happening in the majority of the cases is that they end up by overbuying stuff that they're not going to end up using, and that just ends up going to waste when somebody else could have just you know mm-hmm. used it. You know, whether it was with food or product or whatever the hell it was. You know, so.
1: You know, I got to say, right now, the public's been very good about going to the ER responsibly. Uh, It hasn't been, like, a rush since this happened. And uh, that's pretty surprising because uh, you'd think a lot of people would be very nervous and ready to go to the the hospital. But since they told, you know, if you don't have it, you might get it there, there's, you know, it seems like people are... Actually paying attention now.
0: Now you know if they bring came... the mic a little closer to you. Oh yeah, right? you can just bring yeah. You can it can stretch a little bit closer because this uh, mic needs to be like really. Oh, okay. Is it oh, no, I'll bring it. Okay. I'll bring okay. it over. Okay.
2: Technical difficulty. Yeah,
0: yeah. We we yeah. Cool. definitely need to get that damn table. We're back in the a, cu- a, a, a custom mm-hmm. table. All right, so we back. We back, right? Let me get this drink real quick. <laughs> all right, where are we? You can drink, bro. Go ahead um so yeah going back to uh the panicking and the so groceries so right now shit. you
2: said if, if if you don't have it and you go there you can get it how like how many cases have you dealt with so far
1: so i'm not i'm not i don't think i'm allowed to speak specifics because uh you know it might give me in trouble with my system but um uh, you know there's a possibility we can could have came across some and in that case there's protocols to it Um. Uh, the first policy was they, they made it to where only one visitor, for if you're going with somebody to the hospital, for the entire stay. So if you go with somebody, they sign you up, and then the rest of the time they're at the hospital, you're the only person that can visit them, no one else, because they don't want a lot of people coming in and out and then possibly transmitting this, especially with the people in the hospital already sick. You don't want to add to it. You know, maybe it pushes them over the edge and gets them a little too sick. So that was one of the first policies. Uh, the other thing too is, uh, you know, we recommend. We can't really tell people not to do certain things, but we, we can recommend. Hey, we don't. You probably shouldn't sit in the waiting room with a bunch of other people, especially if they're coughing and sneezing. You, you know, you're within those six feet. Now there's probably a good chance that somebody's gonna come in with it at some point, and somebody's gonna cough on somebody, and they're gonna cough on somebody. It's just kind of. easy. Okay, so
2: how contagious is it? Because I work at a, at a barbershop and people are panicking. They'll like come in and then they're like. Like what's that, bro? You know. Oh, like elbow. Yeah, but you know end, it, hands. like if it's airborne, it doesn't that mean that just by talking and shit you can get so it? So yeah, the, yeah part.
1: the particle is like the virus stays in the air or on things
0: and you know I, I think How long does it stay on the surface?
1: So the surface depends on the material and I I can't say for don't quote me on this part. But uh I know some materials they said up to 3 days at least. And so you know you could touch a doorknob and because, yeah, you don't you know, wash your hands. Crazy, like, Someone walks up behind, grabs it. Impossible to
0: monitor. And, and it's, that's, exactly, and it's like it can spread so easily that yeah. it's like that's why they're like advising people to stay in their house, locking everything out. I mean, you said it; they're going to shut down the state, right? Like so, borders are going to be. So uh,
1: something we haven't mentioned yet during the recording, I think, is
0: uh, you know
1: I I, work, I've, I have friends that are in law enforcement. And uh, one of them was a pretty good friend of mine, and he told me, uh, "Come Monday here in Oklahoma, uh, sounds like they activated National Guard, and they might be doing some roadblocks and start quarantining some stuff." Uh, but that's kind of as much as he told me. Kind of, they want to give too much information, right?
0: So you know, if you're if you're thinking of doing, I'm keeping the shooter. So damn, that's crazy. So if
1: you're thinking of doing something, going somewhere, you better do it now. <laughs>
0: and you better come back before what monday because yeah, it's not going to be stuck. like if you go to the store you got to like be like now I remember you go.
2: heard it here first now
0: is are, are <laughs> they going to put a a, ti- a, a, a alex like,
2: jones told us about this shit uh
0: <laughs> are they going to put like a time where it's like you got to be back home before a certain time like 9 or some shit like I that i don't
1: know uh, that he That's didn't hard. tell me but, yeah, but. But you know it's you know, fact, closed. like this is a fact. Already. But really, where are you gonna go? Like they closed the, closed the bars time. down already. They closed yeah. the restaurants yeah. down. The, you yeah. know, <laughs> that's why Roy was saying he was. like, I mean, bro,
2: just come in, and make whatever little money you can, and what the fuck are you gonna <laughs> spend it on?
0: <laughs> and, and see, I mean, like, if anything, I mean, if they end up doing that, like what? What is? Because I don't watch too much news because it's just.
1: So you know, I was watching um, just to stay informed of what's going on in other countries, just to see maybe if there's a trend and what might happen with us in Italy they started doing some videos where they're like if I could talk to myself uh 10 days ago or seven days ago and they do videos where like hey you know take this more serious uh don't freak out but like I want to stress that don't freak out but take it serious don't be out there goofing off going to the beach like some of these people on spring break um because now you know it's gotten very serious over there and it's to the point where you need like a signed and sealed a piece of paper to go to the grocery store you know you're not allowed to go if you're too far from where you say you're going or you're too far from your home
0: they're gonna get you what about rent and all that all these payments that are due like what are they gonna do with that you know are they gonna freeze it and while this shit gets cleared up or what that's what like I got so much questions and yeah. shit Gold's Gym, it's hard said, to say uh, though you know make it's...
2: sure you freeze your account
1: <laughs> <laughs> like like oh, what can shit. they do sometimes you know it, it sounds like they're not gonna be shutting off any utilities I I'd, I'd saw that on the news. I read about it. Uh, so, you know, if you're behind, they're not going to cut you off. Make sure you still got water. I wonder if it's still going to affect your credit. Probably. Credit repair is about to be booming after this. That and then Trump's crazy. talking about uh, giving like $1,000 and like two payments.
0: Yeah. So is that true? That's what they're saying. They're that's gonna what they're saying. Two payments. But, one, know. they're going to send you a check for 1000 and then another check for another 1000 So he might be hooking it up. <laughs> who knows? I don't know if there's well, going to be enough funds for that, but yeah. who knows?
1: How yeah, are they going to fund that? They create it, the Federal Reserve. So Where's they, they Federal Reserve gives the banks a loan. They're like, oh hey, I'll let you borrow some money with interest, and uh, the banks are like, cool, we're liquid, we're we're gonna be able to keep have some money so we can loan out money, and now everybody's got a little bit more money in these, you know, in this interruption because ain't nobody making money right now, really. I mean, unless you know, you work at the hospital. <laughs> Uh,
2: I know the people that are like sending food out at the those big ass warehouses. Like yeah, yeah, uh, they're and, and working a lot of overtime. Certain companies are
1: starting to like catch on and go, hey, this is also an opportunity to help the public and makes probably make some money. It sounds like Ford is going to be switching some of their production into making ventilators. Uh, and why this is important? We use in healthcare when someone comes to the ICU on a vent, it means we probably got a tube down their throat into their lungs, uh, making sure that they got enough air and that it, it's pushing. And it's opening them up wide enough that this person's going to breathe and, and be okay until after their body starts to get better, or this virus goes away, or what whatever other ailment got them to that situation. Um, the problem is, like, in Europe, they didn't have enough. So at some point, they just told the older generation, I'm sorry, we're not going to use one on you. It just it is it is what it is. So they made them what's called DNR, do not resuscitate, do not intubate. Do, they're not, they're just going to, if you make it, great, but we're not doing anything for you because you're already at a high risk where we might never be able to get this tube out of your mouth.
0: They're like, you already lived your life. That's crazy. So it, it, it's getting bad over there in Italy. Like, it's getting bad, huh? Like, it got to the point where all the, the I, cemeteries were full or I, something. I, I like, think, they, were start, they started to burn people. I think today, I did. So how many, what the
3: yeah,
1: yeah, it's so awesome some well, crazy was, shit. There was like some people on YouTube that work in healthcare over there. And they were like, yeah, we just stopped counting the dead. And I guess it's gotten worse. Than, How many cases like of death? I don't know specifically. Uh, I, I like I've read it and I saw it on a video, but I don't remember the numbers. I, I kind of tri- that's another thing. Yeah, tr- we need a Jamie. In you kind of want to shit. tone it down sometimes. You don't want specific numbers because numbers sound bad. But the reality of it is even one is too many, you know, like is you don't think about it. You're like, oh, 10 not that bad. But that's 10 people that maybe if you knew them, you'd have been like, that's a lot. Yeah, uh, for sure. And yeah, so those vents, if they switch production to making those, you know, if people don't do the social distancing, which is great, because have you heard about uh, 627 in 24 curve?
2: hours is what it says? Only- 627
0: 6- in 24 hours? That's a how lot. many
1: how many deaths in in Italy total so
0: far? That's a lot. So
1: the curve it if you, they don't take it serious, a lot of people get sick fast. There's only so many people that we can take care of in the health system and then we run out of beds, nurses and equipment. You
0: you guys I'm pretty sure are pretty low on supply, huh? Uh or you guys still have some?
1: You know, I feel like as far as I know, we still have Plenty and I, uh, you know, I was floating around the hospital and I noticed that they they kind of stockpiled some equipment on a floor that we don't use. And they're talking about opening this floor up to use it, but they had vents just down the hall, just lined up, ready to go, which is important because uh, a few weeks back we were maxed out. The, the, we had every bed maxed out and we didn't have any more vents. If an emergency happened, you had to have uh, what's called an emergency room hold, which means they they actually t- have to take care of the patient. They have to keep the patient because mm-hmm. there's nowhere to take them. Uh, we wouldn't have another vent. Wow. But, but that wasn't a situation, and they, they would find a way. You know, they, they, they would find. There's always they're gonna figure it out. But it, it's not. It didn't look good. So somebody went proactive, and they said, "Hey, we're gonna make sure that that doesn't happen." But there's only so much the system's gonna be able to hold at one time. So if they can keep people from getting, everyone getting sick at once, and maybe they get sick over the long term, maybe they get slick. Nah, this maybe like some here, some there, and they stretch this thing out. Now everyone's going to get sick at some point, and you know, maybe you get some immunity to it. And by doing that, you don't overload the system, and then we can still take care of everyone equally, just like we would any patient. Because we're not just doing the COVID patients. It's going to be the patients that are already coming in sick. The people that would have been sick anyway, they—they they, their bed was always going to be there anyway. But now we have to add to the system, and the system's only—you know—the—the the powers that be, that are administrators and stuff—they, I'm sure they do like some kind of cl- clinical analysis, and they look at the numbers and go, "This is our population, in Oklahoma City. This is about how many patients we get. This is about how much we can budget for." They break it down, they crunch the numbers. I'm sure they make sure. No, I won't go there, but. Uh, essentially, they'll make sure that they have a good ratio where they're not paying too much and losing profits, but they're making sure they they take care of the public. And whenever just everyone gets sick at once, they don't plan for those things. They they might be planning for it now that this situation arose, but it's not really something that they were looking at prior to. Now, there's another hospital system uh, my friends work at. They'd messaged me on the way over. And uh, essentially, what I was told was Mm -hmm. they're going to be emptying out the floor that they work on for the COVID patients, turning that entire floor into that uh, essentially, and then they want everybody to work five to seven days straight on a team, and then
0: take five to seven off. Do we have a couple of uh, cases here? Because I know in Tulsa there was two, and like somebody oh in Oklahoma passed away. Yeah, we're like beyond eleven
1: now. We're uh, there was just some more confirmed today. But, yeah, no, we definitely do. We have some Cleveland. We have some Oklahoma City. We have – I mean, there's – if we look it up right now, it's – we'll go to the CDC website and see what the last update was, which they oh, –
2: was 4,032
0: deaths. No, but uh, here, in here in Oklahoma. US,
2: uh, uh, 49,
0: eight hours ago. Damn. Yeah, it's bad. I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, damn, that's a lot. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's a lot, but – at the end of the day, like I'm, I say, like the flu kills, still it's not close to the flu with the flu kills.
1: You know? But the problem, so the problem with this one is like if you get the flu, you probably don't feel great. You get a fever, you get some symptoms, and then they're gonna, you're probably not gonna go out. You're not gonna go give it to somebody. You're, you're gonna know you're sick.
0: We got tests for so it. So, we got with, plenty of tests. You with go the to, flu, is it, does it, with the flu, you is know, is like a quick or is, what, does it take as long as like, it, Cause it could take you two weeks to know like, Hey, I got the, I maybe got the, what's the difference
2: between the flu and the Corona part? as far as
0: symptoms and like, so,
2: yeah.
1: uh, symptoms, you know, you might sneeze with one, the, the Corona is mainly cough, a fever, body aches, the, the little stuff I was, I was screening for one of the days. So one of the days, uh, they just told me, Hey, you're going to be at the front. You're going to be checking people as they walk in visitors or patients. You're going to be check, checking on before they ever even get to the ER triage. And so uh, that was my job the first day of the week. You know, this my, I, I worked five days so far, five 12s. And we're on Friday now. Is that right? Sometimes you lose track. Yeah. Uh, it's, so 60 hours this week so far. My very first shift was security event, essentially. And then, you know, I went to the ICU, did my job with my patients. Oh, my bad.
0: So when you do, you do uh, how many hours a day? 12. 12? 12? Wow. Uh, so, uh, did
2: you answer the question? Like, what's the difference between the corona oh, and Oh, the- yeah,
1: yeah. So then um, what the difference is, you can go to the ER, you can go to an urgent care, you can go to your primary care provider. If you got the flu, we can test for it. We can know you got the flu. We we know a Tamiflu might help, or that, you know, we know if it's too bad, how to treat it, How you know, what what's effective for it. Right now, there's no treatment for corona, and you could have it, have no symptoms, and then there's no test really for people that don't have symptoms because there's barely enough kits as it is, and you know it's it's kind of crazy because like the whole NBA's been tested, and yet you know there's people with symptoms, but they act like they, have- they they'll tell them straight up. I've had uh, I know people personally that they're like, hey, you you might have it, but guess what? You don't really have symptoms. You just need to go home quarantine. And and here's the crazy. We're, uh, there's a doctor I was talking to the other day. He said, we're kidding ourselves by doing that. If we're not having them quarantine a specific like location for the next two weeks, who's to say that you get it and you don't have symptoms after or whatever. And we tell you, okay, just go home, stay in your house. What is the guarantee that you'll stay at that house? There's so many people that don't even, they're not compliant on their own life in general. Why are they going to make sure that they take care of other people when they're not having problems? And the what?
2: FEMA camps? No, I'm just kidding. I'm just fucking being conspiracy theorist. Um.
0: But that's know. true. That's what
2: you're saying, though. Like, people aren't responsible enough to. So you got to keep them in a certain place, right? It's, it's, it's look at really,
0: these. Look at these kids at, at the beach right now. Like
1: they're like, oh, well, you know. I know the rest, whatever.
0: Yeah, well, they got some, what, like, some university kids going to damn uh, spring break, you know, he, hitting the beaches and shit, Not a acting like like it's nothing, you that know, is, like. This is the future of our country. That is exactly. <laughs> but imagine
2: if say. they, if none of them die, they're going to feel fucking badass.
0: Man, you, it's just some shit that you got to take serious, Aaron, god damn it. Um, so, yeah. It is, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Um, how long How long do you think this is going to take as far as controlling it and making sure we just kill this shit?
1: Man, I'm going to be real honest with you. I have no clue. Because, you know, this, this could be, they're looking at this maybe being a seasonal thing where it's coming back every year, just like the flu. Because like you think it in flu. summer,
0: because it's hot, it might just die down a little bit, and then when winter kicks in. Then, you know, there's still going to be some fuck.
1: people with it, like passing it back and forth between their family members maybe or something. And then, you know, season comes back up. Now it's everywhere again and you know we we live in an age where travel is all over you could be on the other side of the world in a day it's just there's no telling unless the only way to like completely eradicate this thing and you'd be able to eradicate the flu probably <laughs> everyone stays put for two weeks I mean just hundred percent nowhere you don't Which go is nowhere hard. it's hard um,
0: you have to stop all movement all over the world. That's like, yeah, that's like uh, putting, uh, it's like going to going to jail for two weeks. I mean, us humans, we're not meant to be locked up. We're not meant to be like, you know. And
1: no, he's right. Psychologically, like, we we need that. Freedom. Even that connection. Like, if you notice, like, older generations, um, a lot of times they're, they don't have a lot of family around. Them, and they don't have maybe a husband or a wife or, so they'll reach out. Anytime they talk to you, they'll, t- they'll touch you. Like, they'll grab your arm. They want to feel Connected. And and what's the biggest punishment we can give somebody in jail? Somebody that's already being punished. Take their freedom away. We we pull them away from everyone else. Put them in solitary. We Mm -hmm. we put that like instinct of I. You know you you would think oh you're getting me away from all these other criminals that are like violent. Great, you think you'd be super happy to be alone in yourself, safe. But no, you're like no, I don't want to be in solitary. This this place is maddening. I need some human connection. Exactly. We're. we're tribal are
0: we got to be in clusters and that's what we don't need to be for this virus. Which is hard. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's just, it's going to be a tough one. And like you said, like you send somebody home two weeks who say they're going to, should I even had the thought of it? Like when they send me home, I'm like, uh, you know what? Yeah. I don't know if Rico some... flights are cheap as hell right now, you know?
1: Right. And who's to say that you don't get it on the way there. Exactly. And then you think about it too. And you're like, okay, well, what about significant others? You know, uh, they want to see you probably they don't you know if you're stuck at your house and they're stuck at, who's to say they're gonna be like oh i don't care i'm gonna come see you you know people don't listen but we try to we try to educate that's as nursing we we try to teach people about vaccinations you know there's anti-vaxxers out there still they're still
0: working on a vaccine huh for this
1: yeah and there's a few big names that uh that are moving into this and so from what i understand it's the mrna or messenger rna that they're uh, working to try to control it. And I, I guess some people have tried some off-label, like, antivirals that they use for, like, malaria or uh, even, like, Tamiflu and stuff just to control maybe the symptoms or maybe they hope it will help them. There, there's no scientific evidence unless until time has passed. Like, time has to pass for a while to be able to get a sample size big enough to be able to be, like, we think this suggests... Uh scientific paper is never gonna say we this proves anything because it, there's no that's science is left open ended for more information. So this suggests
0: this. Name and correlation's not always perfect. But uh Yeah. Wow, this this whole thing is 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 crazy. Um so what what are your plans as far as um you know advancing in the medical field like where do you want to go from well, where you're we get to that
1: i wanted to hit one more thing about the vac- vaccination or they're trying to make a vaccine which is you know it takes you know they're, they're they're guessing about a year and a half but it looks like they've already had some type of success where they're starting to like try it in, in a small amount of people and then they'll move it on to like the second stage and third stage in these big companies but it's it's amazing that they've even got to that step already because usually that take that takes like months so, they're, they're.
0: Do you think it's technology and you know, medical science? I mean, have technology,
1: but they're actually like, putting money into it. The thing is, it's like Bill Gates, Bill Gates said in that Tech Talk. Uh, you know, a lot of times we were preparing for war, so there's war games and there's all this um, money being thrown at it, but we weren't preparing for a virus. And he said this years ago. and You know, you go to wonder why he's a billionaire. <laughs> mm. But uh, as for my aspirations, you know, I, I'm still going to school. I uh
0: On some real shit, do you think these people, these big, powerful men reunite, they have a meeting and, not reunite, but they have a meeting and talk about like, hey man, put some files on the table, this is the next virus we're going to cause.
2: Maybe, I don't know. What, what do, do think. you think? Uh, what do you think? Alex Jones, that's some... why I said Alex Jones earlier, because he used to do that, like, to, like go to these places and be like, this person and this person are meeting here, like... That's why I don't know, bro. I, I don't. Know. I that's did, one I don't of those where that's beyond. I question. That's beyond me. That's, that's for
1: sure. So, so here's where you got to be
0: like. That's like, for sure. I question that
1: shit. Well, ever put yourself in their shoes? Say you were. Say you were like a dark, backhanded organization where you had some power and you could move some things. Who's to say that you don't accidentally mess yourself up?
0: You know what I'm saying? Like, well, that it, it can go wrong. I mean. Worst case scenario, one, they did plan that meeting, you know, and they this, did talk about the virus, virus th- and what they wanted to do. Maybe, like, they wanted to clean out some population and be like, you well, know who's what? who's
1: to say that virus don't get back to your family?
0: Right. That's what I'm saying. Like, at this point, I feel like everybody's, like, even those people are panicking. They're like, oh, shit, this got way out of hand. <laughs>
3: I mean.
1: <laughs> you mean, like, they're playing that one game uh, where they, like, infect the world?
0: Yeah. So, like, <laughs> like you do. you? what is it post?
3: Like yeah when you when you man that's that's a whole
0: like other. yeah so, so, but it's so, something to think about it's like when you plan something yeah. out but even if you think
2: about it though what can you do about it right, right that's, that's what i'm saying, saying like I, at that so point it's like, like it, pointless to even. It's,
0: but
3: yeah.
0: every i mean every election year there's been some crazy shit ebola zika all that
1: but see okay so like this with this uh new vaccine they're trying to make they got that information from, like, information that was freely available, given from, like, some doctors over in China where it originated. Well, you know, it seems like China was trying to... I hope I don't get you, like, demonetized here. But uh, they're they're trying to shut off the information. In fact, the doctor that first recognized this was a thing, uh, he ended up dying of the virus. And they had originally made him sign a paper saying that he was lying about the whole thing uh, to try to prevent it from getting out, freaking people out. But... Uh, it seems like now that the information's out. I mean, they 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 really suggest that it was somebody who's eating some bad over there, and that's how they got. That's
0: it. that's the story that how, it started. How uh,
1: how painful the death? Man, that's never not painful, right? Uh, maybe it, maybe in, okay. Maybe in like instance like car crash and stuff or instant things. Uh, but let's say. Let's say there was a situation where you died of the coronavirus. Uh, From what I understand, you know, the knowledge that I know, uh, it it attacks your pulmonary system where, like, it can leave it scarred. But what will happen is you, if it gets so bad that symptoms that you have to be hospitalized in the ICU, you'll get a tube. They'll, they're going to, so I'll come in, doctor will come in, we'll explain, hey, you're not breathing great. Um, The doctor will do his teaching for the consent and everything. And then I'm like, okay, I'm going to first give you some pain medicine. I'm going to put in your IV. Then I'm going to sedate you. And you're going to be out. And then I'm going to push paralytic. And you got to be real careful with these things because they paralyze your body. You never want to push that first. You don't want anybody aware that they're paralyzed. But so now go through that. They stick a tube down your throat with a glidoscope and it's, it's not always a very comfortable situation because they could be breaking some teeth if it's an emergency situation, or they could get it down there, and now you have a tube from your mouth all the way to your lungs, and that, that means that they've pushed past all the other stuff, maybe scraped. You know, sometimes there's blood that comes out of these things, and so you're on that thing, and I'm hopefully doing my job really well. I've got you sedated. I've got you on pain medicine, and you're not going to remember a thing the whole time you're going to be like in a dream without pain until you wake up. If you wake up enough that we can be like, hey, squeeze my hand, we're going to get this tube out of your mouth, you're getting better, it's been times past, uh, you know, I made sure you didn't get any bed sores, all that, uh, then great. But if you do happen to pass, if if it comes to that, hopefully I've given you enough pain medicine, the doctor's uh, being aggressive enough with it, and I'm keeping the sedation at a level that keeps you sedated, but not so much that it tanks your blood pressure and or that I'm not causing your blood pressure to tank. Because they, they do t- what's called a titration orders. So the doctor would be like, you can give from this to f- this, like propofol, 50. It's called uh, it, uh, it's a sedation. And if I go too high, I'll tank that person's blood pressure. So I got to be real careful. I got to make sure you're sedated, but I'm not hurting you either. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, but if you're gonna pass away from it, to I guess to really answer the question now you got like a little bit of background to it, yeah. um, hopefully it's painless. Hopefully you don't know and you just kinda of pass it into the night. But if for some reason we're trying to get you off of the vent and we gotta turn all this stuff off to get you uh, ready and conscious for us to take the tube out, and then you a complication happens, maybe something else with your health goes wrong. Maybe your heart can't take it, and you have a heart attack. That could be a very painful experience because now you're, you got all this stuff happening to you at once: the body aches, the fever, the the, the heart attack itself, and then we couldn't really. We were kind of we were hoping to get you off these meds. So now it's whatever you would have felt out on the street. Wow. It, it's hard to say. And mm-hmm. every experience, no, yeah. I've never experienced that, so I don't know. Yeah, yeah. but like. I, I want to hope that if you're in a hospital setting, it's painless,
0: but I I, I couldn't know for sure. Yeah. So, what is your take on five G? What is it? What is your take on five G? What's that? Five G speeds.
1: Oh, speeds. Like, yeah,
0: like 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 phone service. Like yeah. When we are now in four G LTE, when we get to five G, uh, so on that technology, what do you I, think?
1: I follow a few YouTubers and kind of broke it down for me. Uh, the way I understand it, it's it's directional. It's not like our uh, what is it LTE. It's mm. not like LTE where it's just re- like there's a tower and it's just throwing it signal kinda, everywhere. Yeah, it's it's like more like, like you have to
0: be hella close to a tower, like a five G tower.
1: Right, and they might make enough towers to create that, but then that tower also has to go directly to your phone. So if like there's a wall between this and the tower, and that wall's like a lead. Uh, maybe you're in the hospital. And some of those walls for the x-rays, you know, they're lead. Uh, you're not going to get that. But the, luckily, it looks like it could default back to that LTE speed, which still ain't bad. But if it's the only setting you have on their 5G, you don't have several. As now.
0: far as health, because it, it's it's they're saying that the 5G radiation waves are oh, too I strong. There's,
1: I don't think there's been enough implementation or even time for us to know any... Any of that. Because for a long time, you know, they were like, oh, if you keep your phone too close to your body, you get cancer. But that's not. So I, I took genetics last summer at OU. Uh, made an A, luckily. <laughs> and uh, I got to understand a little bit about how cancer forms. The The thing about cancer is it's not a disease that you get from anybody. Or, uh, it's a disease.
0: That's already implemented. in.
1: in- mm, it's you. It's your body made a mistake. Right. And didn't catch it. It didn't, it didn't just make a mistake. It also didn't catch it. So your, your cells, uh, they divide up, and you probably go on over uh, RNA and DNA. So the deoxyribos. whenever they're, they're stages, there's like uh, G0, which is like brain cells, GS1, uh, whatever. It, it goes through a cycle, and there's like little checkpoints where it's like, did I make this right? Did I copy this right? And if all the check marks are made, it makes a new cell. And your body has new tissue. Well, with cancer, the cell goes, uh, it either breaks the tumor suppressor gene, the, which suppress like if it finds a mistake, it's like, oh, you're not supposed to be here. And so it comes in, it, it's called apoptosis. It blows it up. It makes it self-destruct. So then there's, you know, every day maybe our body's creating cancer, but our body's saying, no, you can't be here. You got to go. Or the other one is maybe that works and it tells it, hey, you gotta go, I need you to apoptose. and the cell's like, I don't care, I'm not doing that, and so it just keeps growing. Mm-hmm. So it's your own cell, it's you. We all have them in. And, and it's so a matter ev- of- that's why cancer is different. It's uh, it's yourself. So it, you might give a certain treatment to somebody and it it might be very favorable for one person but not for the other because it depends how your body responds to it, and everyone's body's different. You know, how my hair is and how someone else's hair is, my my might be a little curlier, a little straight or whatever. But uh so with radiation and like stuff like that, you know, if you go into your Apple phone and stuff, you look down through like the there's like policies and different things that says like meets a certain level of like how much radiation it gives off. And for the most part they understand that it's it's probably a safe level. But there's never a, there's never a zero risk. And free radicals are what increases this, that increase the chance of your body making that mistake. Uh, so being exposed to things could happen, but as far as like literature and science, like no one knows for sure if five G is going to be better or better or worse. It could be better. Maybe it's now you're not being exposed to that constantly. Now it's only being exposed when your phone needs the service. It, but we don't know yet because there hasn't been enough evidence out there to put together metadata, come together as a community and then work that out it 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 really takes scientific method it's annoying but it's the best method we got (laughs) yeah very so what are the symptoms for this coronavirus stuff fever cough body aches and the last question usually have you been around somebody that's infected test positive for it or have you traveled So there's some states that uh, they've even sent out an email told us pretty much if you travel to these states, you're not getting paid if you do get it. So uh, Florida, California, Washington, some of these states that have bigger amounts. And it sounds like they just added Texas to this list. The problem with that is we have nurses that come up from Texas to work our ICU. They They live in Texas. And they... They haven't been back to Texas since the whole thing started, but now, you know, they, they got their family there. They got to go back at some point. Now, are they going to be allowed to come back and work?
0: So what is it? If they leave, um, if they go back to Texas, they're fucked. So like, then- They won't she, get paid or what?
1: Like, say the person goes back to Texas and they got the virus while they were working here at the hospital. And now they're in Texas with the symptoms and they can't work for the next two weeks. They're quarantined or whatever. The hospital's gonna be like, well, that's too bad. If you don't have PTO, you're not getting paid. But if you're to stay in Oklahoma, and you get, you know, you go to work as a healthcare provider, and you go home, and you end up testing positive for it, which means you're probably getting pretty sick because they're not gonna test you unless you got some real symptoms. Uh, then okay, you you get paid your hours for the next two weeks, your full time status. Uh, otherwise, tough luck. So it's, it's difficult. There's travel nurses out there that come in from out of state to help fill in these gaps. And uh, the government just made it to where. So I have a multi-state uh, state license, which, which means I can go to other states and work uh, that are part of this compact. Not all of them, but a lot. Uh, and from what I understand, the government just changed it to where if you're like a nurse, doctor, or a healthcare provider, you can go work in another state without that paying that extra fee to have a license that you can work in other states. Because I had to pay extra, and then they had to send my information to these states to let them know, like, I've credentialed, I've taken my tests, I've done my stuff, and my background's good. And you, you can employ him, and he'll take good care of your patients. Because at the end of the day, the Board of Nursing is really there to protect, protect the public. That's Their goal is, you know, if you're going to be out there working as a nurse, you're going to provide the best care that we possibly can with the best knowledge that we possibly have. If you're a nurse that violates those, you're not, your license probably going to last very long. Wow. And uh, what's what's the test like? So, you know, they, they'll swab you, and they have, like, these purple biohazard bags. Usually, like, they're red ones for blood and stuff. These are purple. And uh, you you got to uh, grab the bags and put one bag inside the other, and you're just kind of, like, laying like the little Russian dolls. And then you gotta have somebody waiting for you outside, of that space, ready so that the minute you pull that bag out of the room, you dump it in that bag, and then they seal that one too, and then you transport it immediately over to the lab. And then they hold the tests in a certain area and they do their own thing. And they usually want us to bring the tests together because once they get them, they run them. They they want to run them together because if not, they gotta set up this place for like 45 minutes, and then do their stuff to get it ready to be sent off now when it gets sent off five to seven days we might get an answer so mm-hmm. you could have you could have it and not you know be hospitalized and even the, you know we just we're, we're going to be precautionary we're going to have negative pressure rooms uh, these are rooms that they they have their own vent system like HVACs and stuff and they pull the air so they're not going to let uh, that air be pushed into the rest of the hospital. They're gonna pull it out, in its own fil- filtration. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so, you say what? Sounds complicated for, for real. It's like too much shit. Well, huh? some
0: problems right there. well there's like
1: a little yeah. room, and like you go in there, you put your stuff on. You got goggles. You got like all your stuff when you go in there and do your patient care. And you oh, so out. you're wearing all this when you're testing them? Well, not only when we test them, but, you know, when we take care of them, so, you know, we got to go in there if they're on a vent. If there if there was somebody. Um, you know, sometimes like secretions or like humidity gets into part of it. That's like the cool thing you got to open it up, like empty it out, make sure it doesn't get down into their lungs. Uh, or you gotta, you gotta do things with them. You there's like any patient, you're gonna, you are going to you going to be up close doing stuff. So the thing is you gown up, you get out, uh, and then, you know, you're gonna wash your hands. You're gonna do your stuff and you know? you're gonna make sure to use your mask, I would be so paranoid. Uh, I mean, it's it's really not taken. We really forgot about it. Like, I I'd say right now it's been mainly the supervisors. Well, it's been mainly like the supervisors. I mean, these experienced vet, veteran nurses that like, they've. But see if
2: it gets out of hand, there's not well, so right, many. Well, right <laughs> now it's like they're the,
1: they're the ones that they're putting to do all this. You know, as of right now, I, I'm that they would be doing. So, but yeah, if it that's why they want to get that curve a little bit lower. Because if we overload the system, you might get nurses at some point taking care of patients, and they might not be ready yet in their progression of their career to take care of that patient at with the best efficiency. And sometimes it's not even that. Sometimes it's just the situation itself. Uh, There, what's gonna happen when you gotta take eight patients or ten? And that's just the thing. Is that going to be safe? Probably not. It, ratios are important.
2: Realistic, like realistic. But
1: realistically, if you don't have the staff for it, you're not going to not take care of somebody.
2: And, uh, like, for example, the people, these 11 people that are with the here, are they just out in the streets?
1: Hard to say. Because uh, with HIPAA, uh, your private information is protected. So if you came up positive, you nobody would be able to talk about it it's it's a secret and, and that's fine because we just have to know that they told you to do the right thing and hopefully you did the right thing that's why it's kind of it's on the honor system and, and then if you get hospitalized you get hospitalized but we're not gonna go out and be like this person got infected specifically because that that would violate HIPAA that would you know I think that would violate some decency uh, now people are gonna look at them different. I mean, sometimes people look at me different just for wearing scrubs, and they can
3: be clean, I mean,
0: Even if you cough in public, uh, yeah. it's right like, now oh, you get coming out there, you're not going to You know, your
1: allergies, you, you know, you could have a flu. Yeah, flu still exists. It didn't stop existing because yeah. this thing happened. And, uh, you know, you get on an elevator, you cough, and sneeze, which sneeze isn't even one of the symptoms, really. Uh, but And people are going to be like, oh, oh, what? Yeah, get yeah. Get this guy out of here. And, yeah, like, I'll, I'll be, you know, a lot of nurses, when they're off, Sometimes we would still wear scrubs because you know what? We're used to wearing pajamas to work. So it's nice. When you're off, you might still wear your pajamas. But you're gonna have some clean ones, obviously. You can take a shower. But say nasty Usually fuckers. when we get home <laughs> when we get home from work, we we have to go in through the garage and throw all our stuff into a dirty hamper, throw in the wash. And then we walk in through the house. Cause we don't want any of that stuff in the house with oh, us. Oh yeah. So you're not gonna so, walk in and sit down on your couch. You're going to drive home, probably get out of your vehicle, have some
0: wipes, wipe your seat down. Yeah, that's crazy. Walk in through your garage, throw your clothes in there, and then go straight to the shower. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, you, like no interaction with your family until you shower. No,
1: you're like, I, I, I love you guys, but like give me 30 minutes.
0: You uh, got kids? Yeah. How many?
1: got one, and she'll be 12 pretty soon.
0: Okay, so with the school shutting down, what are you doing to keep her like... Her brain going.
1: So I I was already a nerd ahead of time, but we got a lot of books, man. And at the end of the day, we got that. We got some TikTok videos. You know, we got whatever it well, takes. Well, with the
0: TikTok videos, I I it, mean, that has nothing to do with school. And-
1: no, 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 no. But sometimes you, it's like, a, the, I think, what was it? One of the bigger universities came up with a studying technique where you take bricks. You, your, your brain can only really absorb so much at a time. You need to take a five minute break here. It's been shown to increase your ability to study. So, you you might study for 30 minutes, take a nice five minute break. Now, you're back on it just like when you started. You go for like two, three hours studying. You're not going to remember anything. You're going to be fried. You're going to be like, man, what was it I studied at the beginning? You got to take those breaks, let your brain kind of like categorize everything, save it, and then go back to it. So, you got to have those mental breaks from reality or even. Books sometimes, just a little bit of a break just to get your mind, make sure you, you're aware of your surroundings, because uh, sometimes you get lost in a good book. Man, you, you get you, It's like you're hallucinating these images in your mind.
0: While you read, huh? Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of trippy what they can do. <clears throat> so when it comes to the next step after you know being a registered nurse, you also mentioned you want to go to med school. So what is the next step that you're trying to go for? So
1: how that would work is I've I, uh, been working on a biology degree. I have uh, physics and organic chemistry to finish. And then you, you, there's a test called an MCAT. You take that test, and then you get some re- uh, references from doctors that maybe you've met, you've worked around, or some people volunteer, they do scribe, whatever the word. Uh, I've been lucky enough to work in an ICU. I get to meet a lot of doctors. I worked in other departments. and got to meet a lot of doctors there, too. And uh, we, we build, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a partnership where, hey, I'm like, hey, I don't feel comfortable about this certain situation with this patient and the doctor's like oh well i like that you think about it like that because now you know that's, that's a good thing to point out let me make some adjustments
0: so, so when you go to medical school uh how how many years are you going to be doing
1: so then if i get into a md or do program uh if and when right and uh because uh, you know you just do your best only way i think of everything uh you go in you do your four years so you'll be doing another four years yeah
0: shit but
1: you know what like I it's split up into two parts. Didactics it's like book work for the first two. So you you know you're going to book out and some of it I feel like I might be bumping into some, a little bit of the same.
0: So so let like, me ask you this and you don't have to give the exact number what would the average of a registered nurse as far as uh, annual salary?
1: I could give you for Oklahoma. I don't Yeah, just let's just do Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Um so different systems do different things for new grads. They usually try to catch you before you graduate so they can, like, Kind of like control your pay a little bit yeah, more. Yeah, cater. Uh, I know that Baptist starts their people on surge at, like, 22 82. Like, that's, like, their base, right? How the, much? Uh, $22.82. Okay, so a-
0: annually comes down to? Uh,
1: I don't know exactly. Okay.
0: I like the annual number more than just the hourly.
1: But maybe we could... So, do well. Here's the complicated part there's a shift differential, you get paid like three more dollars for working nights and three more three dollars on the weekends. Oh. So, there's there's a little bit of math. So If to you it. do both
0: of them, you get six dollars. Mm-hmm. Oh, on shit. top of that,
1: that's a six dollar increase. So, so, if you'll multiply it, ju- let's just do base. Let's say that the, the rest of it goes to taxes uh, 2282 times 36 times 52. The reason I say 36 is we do three 12 hour shifts if you're full time. And if you want to do overtime... To but But in the ICU, they pay more. Um, Good so, living. So... But... Uh, <laughs> that's, so let, let me tell that's you... That's one though. of those
2: jobs, though, that you love it. So that's exactly. why. You know so, what I'm saying? It's like one of those. Well,
1: like, I'll tell you, they get paid more than that usually because... So that's it, give, your give me an average yearly like yearly. Well, that's your hourly. first year, right? And then after your first year, you got experience. Now you can really... Uh, bargain your money. As an RN, even as an LPN, um, I'm, I know LPNs... In? Say what? What are you wearing? I'm an RN. All right. okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, even when I was an LPN, uh, you know, you
0: could you could reach 60. Oh, yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Are you no, slacking, bucko? Uh, slacking on the, on the camera angles, but... But uh, as an RN, most RNs that I know,
1: the, the, in the ICU, uh, about 75,000. I know an RN that's been in the game for a while, been able to like really, you know, get their money up and they make about 45 an hour, just regular core staff, which, uh, there's also what's called a special per diem. There's some nurses that they got hired in at the right time where they, there was huge needs. They pay them 50 an hour, 50 an hour comes out to like $104,000 a year. Um, but I nice. also know a couple of nurses that made more than that. But how I many? They're working a shit ton of hours. You know, I I worked sixty hours this week. There's yeah, some needs, right. and then they offer you like your pay. You're gonna get your overtime. That's what I'm saying. You got. So at what point did you then. say
2: I'm gonna do this, and you did it? Like,
1: well, I mean, I, I honestly, for me, it came as a kid. Uh, I got hurt as a kid. I got hit by so a truck. So this is something
0: you was passionate since you were a kid. Yeah,
1: this was this was never really about the money because if it was the money, I I probably would have done something else. Yeah. Uh, There's a lot of careers out there that, you know, you use the same amount of school and there's less stress and you're not dealing with life and death that you could probably make a lot more money in. Um, I, like, got hit by a truck, broke my elbow, went to the hospital. Uh, Huge respect. As a kid, I was like, oh, these people help people. And so then, like, eighth grade came around and I had a teacher in, like, my honors math class. And she's like, Christian, I think you'd make a good nurse. At the time, I didn't really know much about it. And then uh, high school came around. They were like, "Oh, we got a CNA program at the Votech If you want to go, check it out." And so I did that for a year, got that, and kinda just, it kind of just set me on a path. Oh, so you did? You did CNA? Mm-hmm. You I, did I worked you. my way up. Yeah, I worked my way through most. Things. I'm telling you. But with this kind of
0: this kind of profession, requires like a lot of like that's why my girl when she's like, "I want to be a registered nurse and this and that," you I'm like. Get on do it if well, you if you're passionate about it cause do it because it's a job bro it's like a one hell of a job man. And that, like, a like you got to be on the books you got to be constantly updated oh, as and, far as medicine and all that good shit goes
1: and you know nursing school i don't want to overhype it but anybody that's gone through it they know how stressful it can be they got so as far as i know some people i have talked to in medical school like if you got a test that week there's probably not much else going on if you're in nursing school you might have uh, to go to a lab on Tuesday, clinicals on Wednesday night till like 11:30, and you're gonna have a test on Thursday morning at 8 a.m. And those tests, man, they're like 75 questions, and it's uh, select all that apply. So like, you don't just get to like pick an answer; you get uh, it's like you get to pick the answers you think are right, and if one of them doesn't have to be right, or one of them is right but wasn't. The whole thing's wrong they don't give you parts credit yeah. you gotta it's like sometimes it'd be a through f wow. and you're like this one's right that one's wrong this one's right that one's wrong and it could be about a specific disease and you go through like your units um but it was a lot of study man sometimes yeah. 12 hours a day like four or five days a week before the test and sometimes I'm you gotta do Adderalls and shit, certain shit. Unit, oh, yeah. dude uh, sometimes it's like a test every week so you are just constantly te- you get you get a routine where you're just testing you're like oh yeah i got another test
2: so you were pretty disciplined when you were in college like you didn't go out and shit
1: i mean no we still don't get it wrong like you're still gonna like i said you still gotta get your mind to separate itself from it for a little bit so you can just you don't want to get burned out yeah you no. don't want to get burnt out because yeah. you, you can get burnt out real fast studying 40 50 hours a week i was doing this by while also working uh i was working luckily through an agency is gone. Stun-
0: yeah. Damn, the batteries didn't last shit. Yeah. I had four batteries already. Yeah. Well, yeah, that method doesn't work. Well, have to switch it up. Uh, quick. So when you do, uh, when you do the what four. Say,
1: but-
2: <laughs> what? What, what were you saying? You were in the middle. Oh, of the-, the
1: going through school, working agency It's like the best thing I can recommend anybody going through school because uh, essentially you get to pick your hours, you get to pick your days, and you get paid more than if you were actually staffed at the hospital. I don't know why hospitals pay agencies so much, but uh, with Integris uh, Medical Staffing Network, I, I think from what I understand, they, Integris owns them, so they're paying themselves. Uh, but like, if you were a CNA, let's say, uh, you go to the hospital and you get a core staff job, like you are work for that unit. You might get paid $10, 11 $12 an hour. If you go work for MSN, you're getting paid seventeen fifty to be on that same unit doing the same thing, and maybe you get a $100 bonus that day because they were short. And you get paid weekly or daily. And they're just
2: knowing which agency and it's flexible. to go with?
1: You got a test that week, and you can only work one day that week. You're going to pick that day up and tell them, hey, I, I got to work on Thursday. You got a place for Oh, yeah, I got a place for you. And usually you're not canceled. Uh, core staff, they're going to want you to be there three days a week. They don't care about your school. They don't care if, if you got a test tomorrow. I hope you're studying on the job. Hopefully it's not a busy
0: night. Which, let's be honest,
1: work's always busy.
3: <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. So when you go and complete these four years, are you still going to be considered a nurse or is there something higher?
1: Like after... Ari, Amanda, you know, what's after RA?
0: Yeah, yeah, what's after that? Once, so so uh, once a lot of people... Once you complete people, these four years in medical school. Oh, in medical school. Yeah, once you complete so, those four years. With
1: medical school, you finish medical school and then you get essentially your D or a MD, right? and uh, you're technically a doctor, but you can't practice. You have to do a residency. Residencies vary, man. You could could be like three years, it could be seven. Depends what you're doing.
0: So an extra seven years on top of that, four years you just did at medical school? It could be, it could be, No wonder they come out with gray hair and shit. It's a lot of school. Well, on top of that, like school probably costs you about
1: $200,000, and there's some interest on that, right, for the loans. And when you come out, you're not getting doctor pay. In fact, residents make less money than nurses. They make uh, like fifty-five, sixty thousand dollars a year, Dang. and a new RN might make seventy-five to a hundred. So they're, they're working they're, about the they're same. They're, this is
2: one of those things where it's purely like it's, it's like purely about passion. passion. Bro. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Doctors getting are passionate. Kind of they, they
1: can't. They have to be to be able to stick it out that long, uh, because once they're you know after everything, and after they're done, and now they're become like an attending physician, you know. Now they're going to start being able to pay their loans back and get back and everything, get, get their money right. But man, they took a huge risk. If anything would have gone wrong, if they would have, you know,
0: in that meantime, now you're $100,000 in debt. That's some crazy shit because imagine you, like, you I, graduated, you got your diploma, but now you got to, all that bread you're going to potentially be making what? is going to that loan. Yeah.
1: And, and the reason, and then their residencies, there's actually a law now because they were working them too much. Essentially, it's cheap labor. And, uh, because they were they'd missed something with like the daughter of a lawyer and she ended up passing away. I think it was like New York or something. I think maybe it was like called Libby's Law or something. I, I don't remember exactly. Um, and essentially like stuff was missed. So now there's like a cap, which is still crazy, like seventy or eighty hours or something still. Uh, where residents are at the hospital, like they have places to sleep there. Like they that's that's their life for their residency. And so sometimes nurses have to check their stuff because maybe there's a resident that's sleep deprived and has like a whole hospital of patients and you call them and you're like so and so got prescribed this they're allergic to it so and so got amiodarone you know we're coming up on 24 hours we can get pulmonary toxicity at that point can switch to a PO or by mouth instead of an IV uh, you know we're we're down to the 0.5 per minute so uh, you, you do gotta kind of remind them, nudge them hey you know let's make sure to do the best patient care here I know you're tired, but I gotta wake you up anyway. I and the coolest thing is like the ER doc kind of broke that for me. Uh, when you're a new grad, the best thing the best thing I can tell some of the nurses when you're a new grad, you you might be a little timid about calling. You like feel like you're bothering them. No, don't feel like that because uh, there was an ER doc I was working with. He's like, don't feel bad about calling the ones that are on call. They get they're getting paid the same amount to be at home, get on call as I am to be here in the ER. And, uh, and maybe that's not the, even if that wasn't the case, they're on call to take care of their patients. That's what they should be doing. Just like if I was on call, if I signed up for it, if I signed up for something, that's my word. It sucks, but let's take care of the patient. So I'm just like, Hey, you know, this is going on. Give them my S bar. We have like a little, it's like a system, but it's a good system. It, I, I while well, I hate scripts, when I was a real estate agent, we had scripts, man, and they were the cheesiest things. But as a nurse, it's good because you're like, hey, I'm calling my patient so and so. their like their age. Uh, they're under these providers as well. They they came in for these problems, but they also have a history of this. Uh, this is what's going on with them, though. I want I want to tell you, you know, can we do something about it? And depending on the provider and how cool, like how much you've worked with them, sometimes you can really make some recommendations. Like, hey, do you mind if we do this? Like, would this be okay? And they're like, oh yeah, no, we're gonna do that. Or maybe they got, like, some sleep apnea. And you're like, oh, I noticed there's not, like, a CPAP or something to, like, keep the air moving when they're sleeping. And so the provider like, oh, yeah, let's do that. And uh, so, yeah. Yeah. So how long did you do uh, the CNA stuff? Oh, man. I actually did that for a few years before I. I, What's the CNA?
2: (laughs) Basically, you guys, it's like the. You're an
1: assistant. Uh, So you don't. You're not going to be pushing meds. You're not going to be doing some of the stuff that traditionally you might see on TV. It's kind of like the dirty work kind of You do like, a lot of dirty work. It take, is what it is. got to wipe people's butts. Oh, gotta, that dude, kind of you shit. You do everything. Which, and you don't necessarily have to every time. I mean, there's people that can do it themselves. You're not going to do it for them. But uh, if they're that sick, that might be a thing that happens. And that's the thing in nursing. I, I don't want any nurse to ever think that they're too big to help somebody. Um, it's not going to be like Grey's Anatomy where like five doctors are ambulating your patient. That's never going to happen. But you're going to have doctors that go above and beyond. Yeah, you will. You'll have, uh, you have doctors that spend time with their patients and really get to, like, listen to their concerns. And that, those are doctors I, I can really respect, and they catch stuff, man. I, and we have some good providers where I work. I mean, even before I ever worked there, even before I got the interview, I had already been told about how great they were. And so that was cool going in. I, I knew I was going to a good system. I was pretty excited. Damn. That's so crazy. how long did you do the CNA stuff? Man, that was two and a half years downtown. On no, oncology floor, cancer floor. Uh, and yeah. And then so CNA then and then what was next? LPN. LPN, how long did you do that? Uh, man, uh, over a year. Uh, it was, uh, I even went agency for a bit. And then I was working at, at the jail as an LPN. And uh, and then you're going to school while you're doing this. Oh so yeah, yeah. Go I was to the going to school the whole time. Uh, and so yeah, I still had to pay the bills, man. I still had a family at home. I had switching careers because originally, you know, I was doing construction. I had my real estate uh, license. But then, you know, it's like, hey, don't kill me. But um, I want to be, you know, I want to finish. I want to be a nurse. Like, I've always wanted to be a nurse. What did you tell that? I told my wife. I was, okay. like, I was like, hey, uh, I know we're living comfortably. I know things are. Money was is, flowing at that yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, we had an excess. And it's like. We can go on vacation. We can do things. And it's like, don't kill me, but I want to fulfill my career. I want to feel like fulfilled at work. I want to come home happy that I, I feel like I did something. And she's like, no, 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 I'll support you. Like, I, I'll, I'll work too. And so, you know, she's been working full time with me. Because at that moment where the cash flow was all you bringing in. Oh, well, well, I mean, I don't want to say all. Because she's, she's always, like, had a job. But I mean, man. I mean, after that, man, she was really helping out. I mean, it out. so we exciting. were we we're going through it together. It's like she was going to nursing school with me because, you know, even if I brought my friends over to study, and we were using the TV to like put the questions up there. You know, she was in the background, maybe offering us something to drink, or like she heard all the questions. So sometimes she'd answer the questions. Oh yeah, you said that last time. This is the answer.
0: So you have a? Uh, do you normally do like okay? Invite some friends over. Let's do some study sessions. And so like,
1: that that also makes it easier to study. You like, I wouldn't get a huge. It makes it funner group. too, huh? Yeah, you can make like maybe a group of three, maybe four. Uh, you don't want it to be too big because you get too many ideas thrown around. But uh, we'll we'll get these good questions that are like quality questions. From the lecture or, or the book or whatever, we throw them up on the screen and then we go through and we just reveal the question, not the answer, and uh, we're like, okay, eh, what do you think it is? And I'm like, man, I you know I think if they got congestive heart failure, probably gonna be on some lasix. You probably wanna because of the lasix that makes them pee more. You probably wanna watch the potassium level because that mess their heart up more. Um, it looks like, and then you, you break it down. You give you give them a reason why. You're like, you never go. I think it's ABD, like no. Why do you think it's ABD? Okay. And then you, you, sometimes you argue, sometimes you're like, man, you, did you not listen? There's also this side effect with uh, ACE inhibitors. And if they have a cough, like maybe get them on an ARB and, and then you, you know, you open, reveal the answer and you figure out who was right. And then now when, when test time comes, you're like, oh man, he, he got me on this, but I'm not going to miss this question now. And so it it works out pretty good like that study. That's what
2: Karina was saying on the last podcast. She was like, I had a class where you had to do all this, like,
0: figure out a, a patient. And, like, she was like, fuck that. I couldn't do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's uh, Yeah, it's definitely uh, – I think it's a fun way to keep, you know, keep you excited at least to study because I think studying is, like, one of the but toughest I mean, part for I mean, you to – The dip. thing
2: is with them, though, is that he – some, I, I imagine it's fun for you, right? Because you're learning it's more how you're gonna like take instead care of, of your patients. Like
1: yeah, instead of being like learning about the maybe anatomy of alveoli and like the
3: I'm
2: bad. Like, I think a lot of times like you're like people think studying and they think like fucking high school just. Uh, but if you're studying something that it's like when you study video stuff, you know. Like, or, yeah,
1: or like like maybe you're interested in the heart stuff. Maybe you want to be a cardiology nurse you want to go work at the hospital, you might really focus in on that anatomy where you're like, okay, S1, S2, like the EKGs, this is J-point elevation, here's an ST elevation. And, you know, you really, you're like, oh, this is exciting because now I know if I ever see that on my patient, I know exactly what I'm going to do. And, and I got what's called uh, ACLS, which is uh, Advanced cardio, like Cardiovascular Life su- Support, and uh, so you get like your CPR, BLS, and then this a little bit more advanced where now you recognize rhythms. Now you recognize somebody goes into VTAC, VFib or something, you can recognize it. I have patients who are, they go into what's called AFib with RVR, which means uh, their atriums are kind of just quivering and RVR is a uh, rapid ventricular rate. So then the main part of the heart that squeezes out the blood to the rest is fast. I mean, it can get fast and, and you want to fix it quick before it gets worse. So now you're calling the doctor like, hey, I you know I just looked at this, I believe it's a fifth RVR. You know I'm gonna send. Can we do an EKG? And it, you know they'll probably say yes. You get the EKG, doctor reads it, and now you're probably running some uh, amiodarone or or some
0: stuff. Oh, it's out. falling again. Yeah, uh, I can tighten it this time though. Yeah, uh, we we definitely got to fix that out. It's a little annoying. Uh, so. uh. Yeah, sometimes it's okay. Uh, that's good. That's good. Okay. Yeah. But, uh, uh, I mean, man, this is a lot of information, man. Like, it's so much that like I'm trying to process everything. Like <laughs>
2: Karina said, I feel stupid. Well, okay. Like, i in, well,
0: I'm in, in you... this sense, it's like shit. Like, well, it's a lot. Well, nah, well, I mean, I'm giving good. you
1: like some nursing school here.
0: <laughs> yeah, but it's some good ass information, man. Um,
3: you know,
1: some good information for the public. I I think is you know. If you do get sick or you're not not quite figuring out, it's not the flu or something, I mean, maybe stay away from some of the, your, do that social distancing. Really uh, try to protect your family and your friends and yeah. everybody around you because the more responsible we are, hopefully the better outcome we get out of this. Because if exactly. not. Um, were you a pretty healthy person before you became a nurse? Oh, yeah. So <laughs> I, uh, I used to do men's physique shows like just to. I don't know, I man. Just maybe for the vanity originally, and then eventually I, I got into the health aspects of it, and then I really wanted to know how to make myself healthier because I, I graduated wearing 150 pounds, and now I'm like two something. But I feel I feel good. I feel healthy. I, I can't say, you know, I, I don't think you should ever talk down to people about their body, but I think you should be proud of your own, and that you can work hard to get somewhere because everyone's got their own goals, and I don't think anyone's ever been 100. percent where they're like, oh, I think I'm perfect, and maybe if you do get there, you know,
0: let me know what you're doing. I don't think so. I, I think that's a never ending goal yeah. as far as where you want to get with your body. If it's, I mean, unless you just don't give a fuck. Anymore. Yeah, I guess it's when it comes to losing weight, you can get to that limit where you're happy. But then I feel like you always find something like, oh, now let me add some muscle to it, or, you know, as far as building muscle, I feel like there's never that ending point. Like the Rock looks like a fucking rock. But, but this nigga wants to keep getting bigger, you know. So it's like, you know. But
2: there might be somebody that's like, I don't know. More yeah. The rock. The do thing.
1: over nutrition in nursing school, I was like, oh, so that's what I'm doing wrong.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I mean, there's been a lot of good information, man. I definitely need to get you back in this podcast. Uh, hopefully, when we get you back, because I, I I know there's a lot more to talk about. But we're having te- a lot of technical difficulties right now. My computer is about to die. But it's been a good ass podcast. Well, I appreciate appreciate you you coming through, man. You gave us a lot of good information. Before we go,
2: just give them some recommendations on how to stay safe and wash your hands.
1: How often? I mean, as often as you can, honestly, because you're touching stuff. If you're doing things, uh, just you want to get that stuff off of there if you can. Wash it off. That soap helps it break up, destroy it, and then uh, apparently, like, affects the outer layer. But then you know if you do have a cough cover it up don't go coughing on people or if you see somebody with a cough maybe try to avoid them get get your six feet get your meter away from them you don't want to be too close you don't want to be enclosed in, in uh, an area where you're in a room and you know some of them might have it and then now you're breathing in the same particles mm-hmm. and air and uh, don't hot box kids <laughs> so that's one you and know use, use your uh Your resources responsibly don't um i mean if you're feeling bad still get seen i mean get seen but don't just go to like every yard that you
0: on your way home from work yeah yeah. so um yeah let's wrap this up man because the microphone is falling off for the third time uh we definitely gonna fix this uh But, man, Christian, thank you very much for coming through. we definitely going to have to have you on a different episode. We're going to wrap it up, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Thank you for those who will stay watching. Merch
3: coming out pretty soon. Uh, That's about it, man. We're out. Peace.